0: Pastors, Larry and Tears welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. There's something holy about working for money. There's something spiritual about putting your hand to something that can be blessed. The curse is when we take a handout only, which is another spirit that I think has been released in America today. People are more than willing to not put their hand to something. They're willing to just sit and receive. If you're not able to work, absolutely. You are entitled to everything that the church or the government has available. We want to take care of you. But if you are able to work then you need to work, and that's a curse then that will be taken off of your funds. It's pretty well documented that anybody that wins the lottery loses the money right away, and you may have questioned that. It's because if you don't know how to handle money, you blow it. And as I look at things that are going on in the country and the ones that, um, you know, having to hire armed guards to protect themselves, now I better understand those stories about billionaires who didn't move into a bigger house, who still drove a modest automobile. They kind of became bazillionaires flying under the radar. (laughs) They didn't up their lifestyle every time their income was upped. So I'm kind of looking at that and going, hmm, okay. So honey, when we win millions, we're going to stay in the house we're in. We're not going to up, up the house, okay? So just realize that when blessings do come your way, take a look at it and say, am I supposed to enjoy this? Because God doesn't want us to be cheap. He doesn't want us to, to be frugal and, you know, just tied down. But say, do I up my life, lifestyle or do I stay where I am in my lifestyle because I'm comfortable? That will help take away that, that curse. There's a whole piece here about um, the wealth of the wicked being laid up for the righteous. I don't know how that's going to happen. I just know that God said it would, and I believe it. And if I ever doubted it, I was born just right before Israel became a nation. And everybody doubted that prophecy in the Bible as well. And even though it had never happened in the history of the world, even though other countries had tried to reestablish and couldn't do it, it makes no difference to God. It happens. So it's kind of like we're on the inside track. We've got a secret. We know what's coming. It's like, ooh, I can hardly wait. And I think for some of us, it'll come quicker than for others. I think for some of us, we may get a sniff at it. And then for others, we may have to work a little bit harder. And it doesn't mean that God's mad at us. It truly means that God's giving us an opportunity. The other thing is the uh, crown of thorns. When you look at where Jesus shed his blood, that crown of thorns that was on his forehead That's what broke the curse of poverty. Because remember way back in the beginning, Adam and Eve, they sinned. And actually it was Adam that sinned. I was greatly relieved to discover that. Eve was deceived, Adam sinned. Um, But that, that curse that was put on them was because they disobeyed God. And Jesus brought back our ability to be prosperous, So if you're having confusion on what to do, what to invest in, where to put your money, pray and then say, Lord, you bled on your forehead to break the curse of poverty. So now I'm asking for your wisdom because you told me that if I ask for wisdom, you'll give it to me. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. Now, in our household, I was in banking before I started working for the church and so Don sold real estate and I was in banking. So I kind of know a few things about investments. And at the current time, anything that I'm investing in in doesn't seem to be working. And things that Don is investing in do seem to be working. So I'm human. I went to God and go, hey, what's up with that? (laughs) And he said, I didn't call you to that. I don't want you thinking about that. You're called to something else. Let go of it and I will guide your husband. Now, I would love to say, I immediately said, oh, forgive me, Lord. And yes, absolutely. Let it be in Don's hands. No. It's like, are you sure? The track record doesn't seem to imply that. And after having a conversation with my heavenly father, it's like, okay, you have never failed me. You have never, ever not provided. So I will listen and I will obey. So Don sometimes will talk about something, and I will say, you know, it's not my area right now. I trust God to tell you what to do, and I mean that. I didn't mean it in the beginning, but I mean it now, and I've meant it for a while now, and it works. So I'll just share that with you so that you can kind of understand. Maybe in your family, there's somebody that you've always leaned on for investment advice, and God is saying, hey, I'm going to give you the secrets of the kingdom. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you wisdom. So stop and listen and get educated. It doesn't mean you don't have to understand it. Get educated, but then pray and see what I tell you to do. That will also help break the curse of poverty. There's a prayer in these books uh, at the end of every chapter. And that's why I recommend that you get the book or pull the book out if you already have it. Because Pastor has concisely put together the words that can break off of all of these curses. The next one is witchcraft. Now, we know when somebody has a dead chicken hanging in their kitchen, you <laughs> you you know that that's probably not a normal thing to do. But witchcraft comes in a lot of different areas. Witchcraft comes when we want to listen to some horoscopes. Witchcraft comes when somebody is playing with tarot cards or... A Ouija board or something that, you know, seems kind of benign, but it's not for us. I can remember uh, when I was in college, Ouija boards were just really, really fashionable. And I came home and was talking to my dad about it. And he said, yeah, those have been around for a long time, but they don't work for me. I said, they don't work for you? And he said, no, uh, no, I sat down at them and they they don't work for me at all. Like, well, how can that be? He said, well, God told me I I was his child and that those things wouldn't work for me. Now, my dad could have said, Ouija boards, get away from those Ouija boards. Those are the devil, demonic, shame on you. No, (laughs) my dad was really intelligent in dealing with me. He gave me his life experience that he was a child of God, so the Ouija board wouldn't work for him, knowing that I would listen and go, ooh, I'm a child of God, so it probably won't work for me, so I'm not going to do it. My dad was also really, really good. When I was not living the godly lifestyle, I had been raised a Christian, and I took a cul-de-sac. And while I was on that cul-de-sac doing my own thing, my dad never condemned me. And when I would sit and ask him questions about things, my life choices, and he would say, you know, sis, he always called me sis. I'm not a sister, but he always called me sis. You know, sis, you've got the spirit of God in you, and I believe that you'll make the right decision. Now, he was saying that as I was making wrong decisions, but his words just kept Rattling around in my brain, and he helped me walk out of my cul de sac and get my feet back on the right pathway, knowing that, yeah, I do have the Spirit of God in me, and yes, I will make good decisions. Somebody needed to hear that this morning, that wasn't in my notes. Okay, next one. <laughs> um, when you are rebuking uh, a spirit that you sense is there, you don't have to look at the person you know, and slap them on the head or something. Uh, You can pray out loud as uh, you're walking away. When I was diagnosed with cancer and a lot of people were coming and saying, you know, ooh, the treatment that you're doing, I don't think it's going to work. You're going to die. Now, they meant well, and so I couldn't look at them and go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I would just nod and turn and cancel that in the name of Jesus. I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. Truly, Heavenly Father, I am the healed. Yes, whatever you have spoken in the heavens is going to happen here on earth. And I wouldn't do that in front of them. I would do it privately. People mean, well, they're just wrong, (laughs) and we don't want to tell them they're wrong. We just want to make sure that we are covered, so watch the words that are around you, and then when you're getting rid of something, um, there's kind of a stigma around binding, and rather than have anybody be goofed up with binding, you can say, I chain, gag, and muzzle that spirit of division, and send it to the pit of hell, chain, gag, and muzzle, And in its place, I speak the spirit of adoption to be fully functioning in my life and the life of my family. Those are things you can do. If you don't have any kind of uh, feelings around the binding thing, then, you know, continue on. But just chain gag and muzzle and send it to the pit. But then you also have to replace it. So I pay close attention to whatever spirit... Uh, whether it be witchcraft or something else that God has identified that's operating in someone's life. And then I make sure that when I refill that area, that I fill it with something that is equal, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of peace, the spirit of joy, whatever it is. So you're going to chain, gag, and muzzle. We rebuke the things that are coming, but we also have to do it in the right order, in the right way. Prophecy in the church. There are and Pastor Lydia, I think, taught taught this last week. There's the office of of the prophetic, and that's an individual that God has called, and um, whether they're good or bad, they still have that office, and they will walk in in prophecy. And then there's the gift of prophecy, and Pastor Larry certainly has that, and he will see things, and you know, tell you about them and then there's a time when God will use you because someone needs to hear a word from him it's the same thing with um praying for healing for somebody if you pray for healing from somebody and they get healed it does not mean you have the gift of healing or that you're called to the office of being a healer it means that at that point in time God needed someone to speak out loud the words that were necessary in order for that individual to be healed so stay real humble until someone comes and tells you I think you have the gift of healing Because prophecy is not designed to go, don't do that. Prophecy, biblically, is designed to reaffirm what you have held in your heart. So it could be that you did pray for someone and they did get healed. And you're holding that. Just like the Bible says, Mary pondered all those things in her heart. You're pondering it. And then all of a sudden someone says to you, I think you have the gift of prophecy. And then some Sunday, Pastor Larry calls you out and says, I see a gift of prophecy on you, and I see a gift of healing. And then that is, again, confirming. So prophetic words come as a confirmation. The other time when prophecies are given is when you get a word of knowledge. And um, for those of you that operate in that particular gift, um, it almost like you feel like your heart's going to jump out of your chest if you don't go say something. And it's not associated with joy or with anger. None of that. It's associated with God's given you a message and he wants you to say it. So as privately as possible and as gently as possible, you go and share. And if someone gives you a prophetic word, do not take it in. Hold it out here. Pastor Larry does not receive prophecies from people. In fact, um, if you have a word for him, you probably will hear one of us on the front say, write it down and we'll make sure he gets it. (laughs) Because he doesn't want anyone speaking into his life something that is, is untrue. So same goes for us. If someone is going to prophesy over you, hold it out here. Don't take it in. Use the scripture. Guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And if it confirms what you've already felt Ah, bring it in and and enjoy it. But if it doesn't ring true for you, thank you, I'll, I'll consider that. And then you flush it. Now, before I flush it, whenever anything comes to me, I always say, Lord, if there be any piece of truth in that word that I need to know or understand or I need to confess, affirm in my spirit so that I know what to do. But if it's just junk, I let it go. Now you say, what if it's really important? If it's really important, someone else will come and give you that word. So that's how you can figure out, okay, where am I? What's going on? And for those of us who like to encourage, a lot of times we may give you an encouraging word. And that's not necessarily from the Lord, but it's just meant to make you feel a little bit better. You can take those. If I tell you that you're genius and you're gorgeous, just take them. Shove them right into your heart and your spirit and enjoy it. <laughs> but if it's something that causes you to <gasps> kind of suck air, don't, don't receive it. Prophecies um, that were given to you can be things that your parents or grandparents said. They weren't prophesying, but they were speaking. So you can go back and ask God to reveal. And he doesn't reveal the whole thing all at once. It's just too much to handle. But he will reveal certain pieces of it and say, Father, they were doing the best they could with what they had to work with, but I don't receive that word into my spirit or my life. I chain, gag, and muzzle it and send it to the pit. And in its place, Father, I speak, and then whatever it is that you're repairing. You may need to do that more than once. After you've chain-gagged and muzzled it, it's gone. But you may need to continue speaking what it is you're believing for so that your spirit man can be strong and you know that it's okay. I didn't have too many people speaking negative to me when I was growing up. But when I went through an exercise in one of our Freedom Weekends about words that were spoken, God did bring a couple of them. And it was amazing to me that those words were still attached to emotions in my memory. And that was the key to say, let that go. Forgive and let it go. Fill yourself up. I, I have kind of a philosophy of life, and it sounds strange. And if it's not your philosophy, you know, don't worry about it. But it's like I am probably 15 feet tall in the spirit realm, not because I'm bigger or better than anybody. It's just my assignment. And then when you talk to me, I'm, I'm right here. But I'm not buying into everything that you're saying, which means if someone is mad at me, it doesn't affect me. If someone is correcting me, I take the correction and I work on it. But I don't, I don't fight my battles on this level. That This this is the unearthly an level. And I can honestly say that it, sometimes, you know, I'm in a room and I have that sense that I need to kind of puff myself Up into the the other realm and I'll run into another person, spirit person who's up there as well. (laughs) And it's like, okay, I'm gonna connect here because we're something is going on in the spirit realm and God has called me to this. If you if you operate like that, let me know because I would be kind of fun to 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 know that someone else feels that way. But it's a way of protecting yourself. You you don't take in everything that comes, you don't assume that everybody's out to get you, you don't react to everything that is, is unusual. Because that's a curse that will block your blessing. You guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And, you, and you, you don't open yourself up to people who are coming at you. You don't have to receive that. But you walk in love and grace. You operate as a child of God. You operate as someone who's blessed. So that you don't have to fight the battles. Because they, they aren't your battles. Another piece that I have down here. Uh, prophecies speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That's Second Peter 1.21, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 and 4. There's a, and it's not in Pastor's book, but um, he has preached on it after he wrote the book. There is a blessing that you can give as a mother or a father that is extremely important to your children. You don't even have to say the things that are operating in their life. Remember I said the blessing my dad spoke to me, the wisdom of God is inside you, Nancy, you'll make the right decisions. That certainly was not operating in my life. But it was a blessing that he spoke to me that helped me shake off decisions that I was making and get back on the right path. A mother or a father can bless a child and absolutely give them an an intuition in their spirit person of who they are to be and how they are to operate. Now, that also goes for spiritual mothers and fathers. If you're a spiritual mother to someone, you can speak blessings into them. If you're a spiritual father to someone, you can speak blessings to them. Those are extremely potent words for us to speak every once in a while somebody on staff that um i interact with i will have a word from god and i always say you know okay when because n- me in the natural i want to run and grab them or call them or text them and say get in my office now uh, but sometimes i have to sit on them for quite a while and then i'll be not even thinking about it and god will go now It's like oh my gosh can i remember it all but every time it's been something that that person has been chewing on munching on trying to figure out and the word confirms the direction that they're supposed to go Those are blessings that in the body of Christ we are commanded to do, but we also need to look into our past and say, what curses were spoken over me? What's in my home that doesn't represent a lifestyle of loving the Lord? What am I watching that's going into my eye gate that does not honor the Lord? What am I listening to? That does not honor the Lord. Now here's where it gets tricky. Don can listen to music. That it, it bothers my spirit. But I don't tell Don what to listen to. <laughs> he is fine with it. He likes the beat. I listen to music and it brings back memories of what I was doing in that cul-de-sac. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to go there. So Don honors my need. And when I get in the car to go somewhere with him, he'll turn off his radio. I have a station that I happen to enjoy. Oftentimes he'll flip that one on so that we have music that I enjoy. I honor him by not telling him, turn that devil music off because it's not my job. (laughs) And he honors me by not putting it on so that I don't have to listen to it. You see... It's sometimes like the closer we get to God, the more judgmental we get to the brothers and sisters around us. And that's a curse too. Judge not lest you be judged. So back off and realize it's not your job to tell them what to do. And then pray. Anytime... That Pastors Larry and Tiz, because I always say, if they have the right information, they make great decisions. But if they've gotten some hinky information somewhere, their decisions may be a little bit off. I learned from a ministry in Bogota, Colombia. I don't go to Pastor or Tiz, not that they would would let me anyway, and tell them what they're doing wrong. But as soon as I see something that is like, I'm not sure this is right. I don't say anything to anybody. I go to my prayer closet. And I take total control of the atmosphere around this ministry and around Pastors and Chiz. And I pray. And I stand before God. I have never, never prayed that they haven't come back and changed their mind. That works. So if you're in a relationship, a committed relationship, it's two people that agree to be committed to each other. (laughs) Then if you see something wonky going on in his life, then you go to your prayer closet and pray. You pray for the atmosphere around him to support life. You pray that God will bring godly men around him to speak into his life. You pray that he will get wisdom from above that's far beyond whatever man could talk. And you continue speaking that and saying that. Now, here's the other problem, women. When they come to you and and say it, you can't go, I told you so. (laughs) You have to just go, thank you. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That's a, that's a good cause. And again, that's self-control. That's, that's a fruit of the spirit, having self-control to where you don't operate icky. Yeah, I have a sign in my office that says, uh, my favorite verse in the Bible is, Neiman Marcus 1-1, and there is no Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus 1-1 is don't be icky. And that's in my office. The last one here is harming the innocent. Probably, again, everybody in this room says, you know, well, that's not me. And it's true. Very, very seldom do we harm the innocent. We're not beating our kids. Um, we're not out killing people or beating animals. But harming the innocent is something that we need to pay attention to for our culture. And God may ask you to march somewhere somewhere. Or he may ask you to pray somewhere. Or he may ask you to privately have a prayer visual for something that's going on in our country. And specifically, I'm I'm referring to abortion. If you've had an abortion, there is freedom and forgiveness. And all you do is confess that. And you receive the freedom that Jesus Christ paid the price for us to have. If you're feeling any condemnation, that's not from God. That's from the devil. So when that comes, you send it back to the pit. When I have done something and I've prayed for forgiveness and all of a sudden it rattles through my brain again out loud, I go, Father, thank you so much that you paid the price with Jesus Christ's blood for me to be forgiven and whole. I praise you, Father, that I'm protected. And I say this out loud and pretty soon Satan quits bringing that to my mind because it's like, darn, she doesn't buy into it. She starts praising God again. Now don't go there. Don't, Don't talk about that. So just realize guilt is not from God. I have one lady friend, um, she was praying and confessing something and (laughs) she said, all of a sudden God said to her, what in the world are you talking about? And Joni repeated what she was feeling bad about. And God said, you confess that as sin. That's already forgiven. I don't even know what you're talking about. So quit bringing it up. I thought, what a sweet experience. Once we confess it as sin, and once we cover it with the blood of Jesus, it is gone. It's no more operating in our lives. It's like God looks at us with glasses that have the blood of Jesus on it. And so when he looks at Charles, he sees Charles the way God created Charles to be. He doesn't see any of his mistakes, his shortcomings, anything that he said or done, nothing. He sees Charles as a man of God operating in the full gifts of God. Now, that doesn't mean Charles living that lifestyle. It doesn't mean I'm living that lifestyle. But it means that that's how God sees us. And that's why we don't get hit with a lightning bolt when we talk to God. If he really saw what was going on with me, I may have some fireballs coming down. (laughs) But he sees us through the blood of Jesus so that we are perfect. That's why we can say, I run boldly into your throne room, Heavenly Father, today. Thank you. Thank you. For the blood of Jesus. Thank you that I can have relationship with you. And sometimes when I'm praying. It's like I don't know why you wanted relationship. Doesn't seem like I'm adding adding much at all. To what you're doing. But thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So harming the innocent is important. And again that's probably not anything. That anybody in this room or listening to the podcast. Is doing. But we need to be mindful. Of what our nation is doing. There are. Areas also besides abortion where um, you can get connected with certain ministries that are involved with um, their nonprofits, you know, with helping uh, with, you know, women that are abused. Um, We support a shelter and obviously we don't talk about it because if you're in a shelter, you don't want anyone to know. Uh, So financially there's a shelter and unfortunately the beds aren't always open and available, but um, we, we do support that shelter so that women have a place to go. Um, we also have so many feeding programs around the world, and not just you know, in Israel, but a number of places around the world where we take care of children. The Jewish culture honors life. We fight to stay alive. We fight to keep people alive. We, we fight to protect life. The Antichrist culture, they worship death. Um, that's why they have the idea that if you die uh, doing something to kill people, that you will have all these virgins up in heaven. They, they worship death. The story that rocked my world and brought it back home was the lady um, in Israel. Um, she, her, her son, her soldier's son, had, had been wounded. And in Israel, B'nai Zion Hospital, they treat everyone. And so they brought him to B'nai Zion Hospital, which has the Jews that are there being the doctors and nurses, and they nursed him back to health. And his mother came in and she spoke. She said, may Allah restore him to kill more of you. And walked out. And it's like, really? And Pastor Larry then was talking to us and he said, they worship death. That's, that's their, their culture. So for her to have a son that was brought back and healed meant that he could kill more Jews. So it's not anything that we can have a discussion with. It's not anything that I can sit down at a bargaining table and talk about because the very nature inside of them until the blood of Jesus changes that they don't speak the same language. They have a a completely different goal. So as much as possible, protect the innocent as much as possible. Make sure that if you've got anything in your lineage that you know anyone was doing to hurt anyone, then you've confessed that you didn't do it, but you confess it and ask for forgiveness and you move forward. Well, next Sunday, we're going to finish up on the book of the things that block the blessing. It's um, a sermon that Pastor Larry taught a series when he was in Portland, Oregon at the church. And we took all of his sermons and put them in word form. And then he went through it and read it and changed a few things. And when this book came out, it was absolutely one of the best sellers of the books that he'd written so far. Because people, we even if you've been raised um, Presbyterian with just you know barely understanding the power of God, we all know that we have things operating in our lives that don't belong—different iniquities or different habits or different thought processes that we want to get rid of. And praise God, He doesn't expose everything all at the same time. He gives us one area to work on at a time, and once we have conquered that, then. It's like he lets us rest for a while before he brings up another one. So if today when we can say our closing prayer, if God brings something to your memory, you just realize that that's a good thing that God is saying, honey, I want that out of your life. It doesn't bother you anymore, but confess it, put the blood of Jesus over it, and then walk in joy. We've got one minute, so I'm going to pray. We end on time because many of you are volunteers here at the ministry, so I want to make sure you get out on time so you can get to your positions. But uh, I'm excited to teach the last part of the book. And again, if you don't have it or if you want to buy one to give away, Paula is offering it. It is a 20% discount this Sunday and next Sunday again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have made such amazing, amazing provision for everything that tries to come against us. Thank you, Father, that you have... Put it in in your word, the Torah, and then you have given Pastor Larry such expertise in, in putting it into words that we can understand. Father, it's never our desire to go against your word. It's never our desire to act out of anger. It's never our desire to hurt anyone. But Lord, help us be on a pathway that really brings blessing. Let us realize, Lord, that we have a responsibility as your child. We are representing you to the world. So thank you that you are putting our feet on ground. Lord, your word says that your word, the Bible is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. You show us where we are, Father, with that lamp and then you show us with the light where we need to go. Sometimes that That lamp, that that sword, that word is an encouragement to keep walking faster. And sometimes it's an encouragement to sidestep one way or the other to get back on the path. But, Father, you never leave us alone. We confess any thought, any word, any emotion, anything that we have done that would block the blessings that you have in place for us. We confess it as sin and ask that you cover it with the blood of Jesus And in its place, we speak health, sozo salvation, nothing missing and nothing broken. We walk in the wisdom of God. Whatever we put our hands to shall prosper. Wherever we put the soles of our feet, we claim for your kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is nigh. Thank you that we walk in divine health. Thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing. We have favor with both God and with man. Thank you that when we put on the helmet of salvation, we get the mind of Christ. Thank you for everything that you have provided for us, Lord, and bless each person that has invested their time in this class today. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. See you next Sunday.